Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast for anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 350 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is the founder of The Salary Negotiator. He provides professional job offer and salary negotiation coaching to help IT professionals navigate the job offer negotiation process confidently and earn higher compensation. He's coached clients through hundreds of salary negotiations with companies ranging in size from small businesses and startups to some of the largest global corporations such as Google, Meta, Apple, and Microsoft. And he has a background in strategic negotiations, having worked in professional negotiation roles for companies including Amazon and American Airlines. So it's my pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Brandon Bramley. Thank you, Phil. Excited to be here. Good. I mean, I'm delighted to have you on. And I would very much like to start just to understand how the salary negotiate came about and when it started. <laughs> yeah, definitely taking me back. Um, it's it's kind of funny. It's honestly a pivotal moment, I think, in my career. Uh, but it actually happened during my first sem- or my last semester in college, um, where and actually one of my negotiation classes it was my final semester. I had a negotiation class, and I just received a job offer with American Airlines, um, and I decided to go ahead and give it a go at negotiating, um, since it would be the core role and responsibilities would be to do business to business negotiations for the airline. Um, I wanted to make sure I put my best foot forward and tried to negotiate before I started. So I ended up actually negotiating the job offer. And as an undergrad coming out of college, it ended up being successful. I actually got a base salary increase, a sign-up bonus, and even airline miles that actually covered a three-week trip to Ecuador before I even started. Um, So honestly, (laughs) as a new grad, I was super excited. Um, And I ended up actually turning that into my negotiations professor as my final project. Um, And she actually put me in touch with someone else in the class who just got a job offer as well from American Airlines. So I ended up actually helping him navigate his negotiation. Um, It was successful as well. But the most surprising thing that happened when I actually started at the airline was we were a group uh, or a cohort of negotiation professionals, um, yet us two were the only ones that negotiated our job offers before we began. So as I started to progress through my career at American Airlines, um, coworkers and colleagues kept coming to me to help them negotiate their salaries as they left the company. Um, So I did that on the side for fun, helping them out until um, it started growing um, over the years. And actually five years, I decided to actually turn it into a business. Um, Started out as a side business focusing mostly on IT professionals and helping them increase their new job offers. And now it's expanded into a full-time role um, where I've actually stepped back from working with other companies and I completely focus on actually managing and growing the company. So Brendan, um, could you maybe give us a bit of an insight into why people should negotiate 
the salaries? Um, so yeah, there, there's many reasons why people should negotiate a job offer. Um, a lot of people think that they're set in stone, um, but in reality, they're not set in stone, Phil. Um, when you think about it, a company's going to have a compensation band for two components. Typically, it's your base salary, um, the guaranteed pay most people get paid. Um, that's going to have a salary band, then also the total compensation band. Um, so we talked to about like IT professionals specifically. Typically, they have bonuses. Um, they also have equity as well as sign-on bonuses as well. So you need to look at the full picture and companies are going to have different pay bands to attract different candidates for the same roles. Um, so people should be negotiating their new job offers to ensure that they're not just coming in at the low end of the band, uh, but actually making sure that the compensation is in line with their experience, as well as hopefully they're putting the best foot forward by starting higher on the band before they even start the role. Right. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. Yes. And does the same sort of principle apply if you're within a company, maybe you're getting a promotion? So should you go through the same process of negotiating what that salary might be? So yeah, maybe a maybe a promotion, maybe a move to a different role. Do the same principles apply? Yeah, very similar principles, honestly. Um, but to be candid, you're going to have the most leverage negotiating your role uh, when it's a new job offer, um, just because you don't work for the company yet. Um, you're evaluating the role. And honestly, <laughs> once they give you the job offer, they're going to want you to join pretty bad, which is where the leverage comes from. Uh, but yep. even if you're actually in your current role and you feel you're paid below market, um, it's worth it to do that compensation research to find out what the role pays, both on a base salary as well as a total compensation basis. And if you are following on the low end of that, um, to actually bring it up to your management team and go through a salary negotiation to make sure you're paid within market. Um, this is even, honestly, a higher and a bigger need now with some of the hyperinflation that we've seen, um, just to make sure that your compensation is staying in line with what they're starting to pay new hires, as well as what they pay other employees in your role. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So given that it's, it's a negotiation, there, there's going to be a communication, <laughs> isn't there, in, in terms of the, the process you go through. So if, if the employer comes back and their immediate response is no, what is the process? How do you, how do you sort of negotiate around that? Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, so usually the no's come either like right at the beginning, um, recruiters try to go ahead and throw out tactics to say, oh, this is our best and final offer. Oh, we don't negotiate. Um, but typically I would be very surprised if they ever said <laughs> the offer is negotiable. So you usually get some right at the beginning. And then the other time the no's come is once you send a counter offer, which is actually sharing what you think the role should pay, um, presenting the compensation research and also the ask and the reasons for why you deserve um, a pay increase on the job offer before you accept. Um, but they do push back and say no. So my guidance uh, for clients and anyone going through a job offer negotiation is rather than treating that as like a true no, treating it as an objection. Uh, because one of the roles of a recruiter is not only to hire and walk you through the hiring process, um, but also to deter you from negotiating since it's so common. So they actually have to go ahead and push back first before they take your concerns back to the decision makers and the compensation team to actually secure you a better offer. Um, so actually, when they do come back and they give you a wide variety of those excuses or no's on that they can't move, um, it's actually using a few negotiation techniques to see that as an objection and overcoming it. Yeah, so they're acting as gatekeepers, presumably. That, that's the main reason for doing it. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's really what they are, right? Is their goal is they're working on behalf of the company as well as the hiring manager to make sure that they find the right candidates and then you accept the role. Um, but they are the kind of middle conduit between the decision makers. So your goal when you're going through the negotiation is if you hear any no's from them um, is really just to preach and ask nicely just that you understand their concerns and that you'd really appreciate it if they take your concerns um, back to the internal team to see if there are any ways that they can improve the compensation. Um, usually if you're able to overcome those no's, <laughs> once you start getting them, you have a lot higher probability of them actually taking it back to the real decision makers and them entertaining your request. Right. Sure. Okay. And, and maybe could you give us some insights into some of the mistakes that people will typically make if they try to negotiate themselves? Yeah, absolutely. There, there's a lot of mistakes they can make as one is, in my opinion, sharing salary expectations um, too early. Um, the reason being is if you think about it in the interview process, the recruiter and the hiring company is going to know a lot better than you do what they can pay in the role. Um, so it's very common now that recruiters will ask, hey, what are your salary expectations? And they do that to go ahead and understand one, if they're right in the right range as well as find out what they can bring you in at. Um, but it doesn't make sense to go ahead and actually share those numbers. Um, and I think that is a big mistake because one, you could be basing the compensation off, say, your current role, yet the new company might pay more. Um, or you might be leaving out different components like equity um, as well as bonuses and just looking at a base salary basis. So if you share a lower compensation than what they could offer, you might end up on the low end of the band. Um, and then the same tr is true if you share too big of a number. Um, it might come off as too aggressive. Um, it's also too early in the um, interview process. They might say, oh, shoot, we can't afford them. Maybe we should go in a different route. So instead, um, to avoid that mistake, it's best to go ahead and flip the script on the recruiter and typically just let them know that like, hey, <laughs> I've been focusing on interviewing for the role and not necessarily what the compensation should be at this point in time. But I'd love to understand from you what is the pay range that you currently have approved or you're looking at for this position. Right. Okay. That, that brings up an interesting point though. So when is the right time to start talking about the salary aspect of it? Is it obviously you go through the recruitment process, it's the interview process as you've just pointed out that comes first when when is the right time to start discussing salary yeah the best time in our opinion is once you get the job offer um the reason for that is until you have the actual job offer usually it'll they'll send over a package with the terms um, as well as the benefit details until you have that you really don't know what's on the table um, and what they're offering but once you have the job offer and the benefit details, you can start comparing it across other companies as well as your current offerings, um, start to understand more. And really the first step in the negotiation is actually completing the, an initial review and actually sending questions back to the hiring team. Um, that way, you make sure that you get any last questions that you have and need answered before you make a move to the new company, as well as you can go ahead and start building yourself leverage by asking for components that aren't included that you currently have, um, ones that you would like to see in the offer, as well as comparing their benefits to other opportunities. Um, that way, when you actually get to sharing a counteroffer, you've already kind of set the tone that their offer might not be as competitive, um, and it's actually going to build leverage in the second step. Right. Well, that's great advice, definitely. So, okay, great. So thank you for, for answering those initial questions. Um, we're obviously going to go into the flow of the interview now. So 
Brandon, can you maybe start with giving us a career tip, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be? Yeah, I would say my biggest career tip, um, especially with my background being in negotiation, is that someone in IT should honestly stay away from some of the myths surrounding negotiating a job offer. Um, I've heard from way too many people um, that they feel they don't have leverage to negotiate, that the employer is going to rescind the offer if they do try to negotiate, or even if they do negotiate, that they're just going to say no. Um, But at the end of the day, these are just misconceptions. (laughs) We've actually never seen a job offer rescinded, um, and they shouldn't get rescinded as long as you navigate the negotiation in like a professional manner. Um, The other kind of reason for why you should negotiate and think about the leverage you actually do have is during the interview process, (laughs) companies are um, doing the interview. They're trying to find out if you're a right fit for them and you're selling them. But once they give you a job offer, um, the company actually really wants you. If you don't accept, they have to go ahead and go back to the market, spend additional time as well as funding to go ahead and recruit someone else. All while there's a hiring manager typically upset with the recruiter since you walked away. Um, So it makes sense for them to actually work with you to make sure you're happy before you accept. So my biggest advice would be not falling into some of those common myths. Uh, Make sure that you're doing the compensation research to see if there is room for improvement on the offer. Um, And then if so, actually going through a job offer negotiation um, and seeing if you can improve the pay as well as the benefits before you begin. Yeah, absolutely. I think people do tend to forget when you when you're when you're the candidate and you're sitting on the other side, if you like, and you're thinking about the interview process and 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 the the investment of your time and and emotion and so forth. You forget that the employer is spending a lot of time and effort and money, effectively going through the recruitment process. So when they've identified candidates that they want to progress it's a big loss if people do walk away. Yeah, absolutely. It's huge. And it it makes sense for feeling that way. Um, If you think about it, you go from being in this position of interviewing, trying to make it seem like you're the best candidate for the role, um, and then shifting the script once they give you the job offer. Um, So it makes sense to be in that position and feel that way. But it's going to be further from the truth, depending on how long the recruiting process takes. Yeah, exactly. Good. Okay. Um, Brandon, can you share with us your worst career moment and what you learned from that experience? Yeah. So actually, it's funny because this this isn't, I would say, my worst career moment. It's really not necessarily negotiation specific. Um, but I was actually working at IT procurement at American Airlines, um, and I got a non-tech position at an older mid-sized bank. Um, I thought this was an amazing opportunity. I was super excited to move forward as well as I negotiated a substantial increase in pay before I begin. Um, however, after I made the move and I started the new job, honestly, I noticed it was not tech focused at all. Um, the culture was very resistant to change, um, almost that like we always have done this mindset. Um, so I didn't really feel it aligned with the passion as well as what I wanted as for like innovation and growth within a company. Um, so I think this was my worst career moment because after about six months, I had to decide of, wow, like I made this big career change. I moved from a company I love, um, yet I really don't like it and almost have to give up to find something else. So I decided 
to go ahead and go back to American Airlines IT procurement department um, and deal with those challenges of actually quitting and returning back to a familiar environment. But what I learned from that is it actually worked out at the end. Um, I ended up actually getting a promotion by going back to American Airlines. Um, it showed me that like, hey, not all opportunities are the right fit, as well as you always have other options at the end of the day. So even when I got back to American Airlines, um, over the next six months, I actually kind of nailed down exactly what I wanted in my career um, and found out that I did want to move to a more tech-focused company where I reached out to Amazon and was able to get my foot in the door there. Um, and really, yeah, yeah, I would have never learned that unless I kind of gave it that risk. Um, and it's very easy. It could have been very easy for me to get stuck with, oh, I have to work here for at least a year or two, deal with this. This is my decision. Uh, but actually letting myself be open, um, agree that it wasn't the right fit and pivot back um, to kind of follow other opportunities was the right route. Yeah. So how long were you, were you between, if you like? So how long were you away from American Airlines? Yeah. So it was six months. Um, so I took the, I took the company, I took the offer, left American Airlines, <laughs> worked with them for six months. And then um, I was able to, as I was starting to phase out, figure out, shoot, what would I do next if I left? Um, started those conversations with American. So it actually ended up being a pretty seamless transition where I was almost out of American. And then six months later, I was back. <laughs> yeah, right. Good. Okay. Brandon, can you tell us about your career highlight? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think really the biggest career highlight goes back to kind of my intro um, where I negotiated my first job offer as an undergrad. Um, to be honest, I mean, coming most people coming out of undergrads, I think all job offers are the same. You don't have any leverage. Um, and I was just shocked by what I received, especially with getting that trip to Ecuador. But one of the big career highlights from there is when I moved into IT procurement with American Airlines, um, I started working with the tech departments, um, not only other businesses and recruiting and purchasing um, software and technology, but also with the people that actually need it. So the software engineers, as well as the product managers, and pulling all that together. Um, and when word got out that I was helping people negotiate salaries. That's actually where I started helping them negotiate. Um, and I noticed that <laughs> for tech-based roles um, that a lot of them didn't focus on their salary, yet the companies that they were leaving for paid wildly differently, um, as well as with American Airlines, we didn't have equity, yet other companies did offer equity packages. So that gave me insight into kind of the tech realm and tech-based compensation, um, as well as those type of professionals actually enjoyed a coach in these discussions to make sure that they actually weren't leaving things on the table. Um, so with that kind of transition and how that played out through my career. Um, I think it was a huge career highlight because it helped me like hyper-focus in on an industry that I never really thought about. Right. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, and Brandon, what, what excites you about the future of IT? Obviously, you're dealing with a lot of people within the industry now in IT and tech. So what, what do you see? What excites you about the future of the industry? Yeah, to be honest, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Um, I mean, there's an increasing demand for skilled IT workers. Um, I honestly don't see that going away. Um, even with some of the recent layoffs from what we've seen on our side in our business is we've just seen companies, unfortunately, people are getting laid off, but then other companies are actually scooping in now that they can finally afford to go ahead and um, 
recruit and bring in new employees. So I think it's just going to be growing. Um, the other thing that has been like a big change in night and day different before the pandemic is the additional benefits that companies are starting to use to attract IT talent. So remote, remote flexibility, um, working from different countries, working flexible, all that is a huge change. So that's getting me very excited because even in my business, um, I don't only see um, IT professionals actually using that to work all over the place, but I've even started to use that um, since I'm remote now as well with our business. So we can work in other cities as well as on other countries um, and lean on different IT solutions to do that. So I'm pretty excited on where it's going. I don't think it's going to slow down soon. But I'd say that's my biggest focus. Good. All right. Um, Brandon, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. The, the first question, maybe we'll, we'll see how it goes. But so what first attracted you to a career, I say around IT? Yeah, it's, it's funny how it, it works out sometimes. Um, I would say what really attracted me was really just my career progression. Um, after working at American Airlines for a few years, um, I was looking for new opportunities to enhance my skills. Um, so that's actually when I went from being in more like airline parts and airline maintenance um, procurement um, to I saw a role open in IT vendor management. Um, so I was captivated by the role. Um, I went through the interview and I actually ended up getting it. And I was surprised by the exponential growth within the airline around tech on how they were trying to implement it, not only within the airline's operations, but customer service. Um, and with the size of the company, it was when American Airlines and US Airways were actually coming together to merge. Um, so that's really what got me in and attracted to it. Um, that way I could start to go ahead and like source and negotiate deals with innovative tech providers um, that I really just didn't have that exposure in my first role in American. Good. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? <laughs> I've definitely received a lot of advice in my years. Um, and I, I think this is pretty consistent with um, some other founders that I've talked to, but successful people do not turn down opportunities. I can't remember who told me that, um, but that's a quote that I kind of lived by through my career journey um, and essentially followed it by trying to be open to most opportunities that came across my desk within reason, of course, um, because I will say it not only led me, say, kind of down the path to where I worked with a bank for a while that I wasn't too excited, but it also led me down the path to finding a role at Amazon as well as starting my business and starting to work with other founders. Um, so I think everyone should always be open to opportunities, especially with like, if it's a recruiter or it's a new company, um, the worst case scenario is you end up learning more about the opportunity, um, but you don't jump to conclusion yet until you chat with them. And the best case scenario is you end up becoming interested in it <laughs> and it ends up playing out throughout your career. What is the worst career advice you've ever received? Um, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, cause I, there's definitely a lot of bad advice out there and you have to kind of sort through it. I would say one of the worst advice I had, and I don't know if it was from people specifically, but it was more of that idea that, um, you should stay at your company for a long time. Um, you don't want to worry about how that looks on your resume as well as you should be looking for that career stability. Um, I think there is a lot of help in that advice, but I think honestly, I ended up being at American Airlines a little bit longer 
than I probably would have um, if I didn't get so comfortable in trying to get a full five years um, on my resume. However, when I ended up actually leaving, um, that's actually where I ended up growing the most, moving from like a legacy airline to um, a tech company with Amazon and just like the difference in the skills and the learning, almost like you're starting over, but almost like a skill knowledge and growing upon that rather than a stressful experience. And if you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? <laughs> There's definitely a lot of things on the list, Jeff, but I think I would actually um, probably go into um, software engineering as my career path, or at least as like a side um, part of my business. Um, the reason being is it's so interesting, like the different companies with the startups and the technology and how fast things are going, as well as the investments that are pouring into it, um, as well as getting the chance to tinker on things. Um, even with my business, I'm now working close with developers and other professionals to go ahead and build out solutions and take more of a tech focus kind of look at work and like what we could provide. Um, and I think going back rather than just being on the negotiation side, actually having those technical skills um, would, <laughs> would have definitely been like a passion. Um, so if I went back, I think that's the route I would take. Right. Okay. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Um, yeah, so most of my career objectives are going to go ahead and be tied um, to my coaching services, as well as overall the salary negotiator. But the big thing right now is what we've started to focus on is more like free resources and how we can educate people throughout our site and our content. Um, so for example, like one of the tools we created is like a total compensation calculator on our website um, that essentially allows someone to go ahead and understand really what they're getting paid or how to actually review and identify the pay within a job offer. Um, kind of getting behind the old school concept of just having a base salary and starting to look at everything on like a multiple year basis of how this is going to play out through your career and how much your total monetary take home pay. That way, if you are planning to negotiate or if you're comparing against different offers, um, you have like a baseline to help educate and do that. Yeah, that sounds like a very useful tool. So we'll come back to that towards the end, I think. Um, and what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? <laughs> um, I would say this is definitely adopting a friendly and professional approach to negotiations. Um, I came from a business-to-business -business negotiation background um, where I've dealt in a lot of negotiations that were a little bit more heated, almost aggression, um, kind of similar to what you'd see at maybe like a car dealership where people think um, negotiation needs to be aggressive. You need to throw out a high number, a low number, and argue until you get in the middle. Um, but I really think my most non-technical skill has actually been taking a friendly and professional approach to negotiations to where it's never aggressive. Um, it really should always always be in like a friendly tone, um, almost like you're trying to help someone out. That way people open up more. Um, they understand that it's a win-to-win -win solution for you both. And by taking that, it ends up just being more collective and productive. Um, it's also what we instill at the salary negotiator um, to make sure that no one is jeopardizing the relationship, right? That's the first chance to go ahead and put your foot forward, uh, make sure the hiring team knows your skill set and how you would work with their team once you start. Um, and honestly, it can be applied to all negotiations. So to say that's my number one technical skill that I kind of built up um, and also kind of incorporated into our business. Yeah, great. Okay. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? 
I'll say the most exciting thing um, that I've been doing lately is I've actually gotten the opportunity um, to speak and share our strategies with different students in various academic programs. So like master programs, as well as coding boot camps. Um, and I think for me, it's one of the most energizing experience because now I'm actually talking to a lot of students that were in like a very similar spot as I was back in the day um, where I didn't know if I could negotiate, but I jumped out and did it and actually give them that tangible advice um, and then also hear the questions they ask and the myths that are going around in their head so I can kind of debunk them and kind of set them up in success throughout their careers. Good. Right. And what do you do away from technology? Yeah. So um, <laughs> I know we talked a little bit about this earlier, um, but I live in Seattle, Washington. So I would say when I'm not kind of focusing um, on my current role, as well as tech, I'm usually outdoors doing something fun, whether that's skiing, hiking, um, or getting around the sound here in Washington. Um, and then outside of that, I'm very big on travel, especially coming from American Airlines, where I used to have free flights. Um, so if you combine that as <laughs> right, well yes. as the um, free kind of the work remote setup, um, I've started to work when I can and extend vacations in other countries. Um, so big on travel and continuing that in with both my personal and business goals. Great. Okay, good, good. Right. So Brandon, can you share with us a parting piece of career advice? Yeah, um, I think I have honestly a few. I would say the the big five that I have um, is, you know, switching jobs should not be scary. Um, I think that was something that I really got stuck in um, and have stayed in roles longer than I probably should have. Um, but change is normal. I mean, it can really help keep your skills sharp and grow new ones that you didn't currently have. Um, it's definitely going to be hard and push you out of your comfort zone at first, but you'll become confident as you're learning the current role. Usually there's like that six to nine months of shoot, what am I doing and being a little stressed out. But after that, you usually feel very comfortable in the new company or the new role. And my other advice on top of that is actually by changing roles, obviously not too soon, but can be a great way to increase your career compensation. Uh, that was kind of shocking for me as I transferred from an airline to a tech company is just the different components that go into compensation, um, going from like not having equity to having equity. So I truly believe that everyone should be evaluating, keeping those shares sharp, those skills sharp with interviewing, um, and then always negotiate. Um, not necessarily be aggressive, but if you do the compensation research when you get a job offer and it shows that the company could pay more, it's worth going through a salary negotiation to see if you can't stop, start at the top end of the pay range before you begin. Good. Okay. Um, and Brandon, how do we find out more about you and connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, would love to connect with kind of everyone. Um, the best starting part is usually our website, um, the salarynegotiator.com. Um, pretty simple, uh, but we offer a free consultation to anyone that's looking to negotiate their salary so they can reach out to me directly. Um, they can also go ahead and reach out to me on my LinkedIn page where I'm pretty active, um, Brandon Bramley. And then we also have a business LinkedIn page for the salary negotiator. And then another item we offer on our site as well is that total compensation calculator if they're looking to understand what they're currently getting paid. Um, and then if they want to sharpen their skills in negotiation, we also have job offer negotiation courses. Fantastic. Sounds like a good set of resources for people. Brilliant. Brandon, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. You as well, Phil. I greatly appreciate it. And thank you for having me on. Hi, Phil here again. 
Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with today's guest. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e and the number of the episode you've been listening to. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do so that you get episodes automatically downloaded to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.